Welcome to Homemaker Chic, the podcast where we're rescuing the art of homemaking from the daily grind with red lips and no jumpers. I'm Shay Elliott of the Elliott Homestead, joined by my beautiful friend Angela of Parisian Farm Girl, and we are excited to welcome you to Homemaker Chic, where you can decorate your bedroom to look like a magazine, even if your mattress is held up by cinder blocks. <laughs> That's so, so true. And you know what, Shay? That's weird. And today we're going to talk about what makes us weird. And the reason we're going to do that is because it's funny. And we want you to know that you're not alone. <laughs> Chances are you're listening to this while you fold laundry or watch wash dishes or do some other fabulous homemaking task. And it can feel a little solitary. It can feel a little mundane and routine and sort of, you know, locked up in those four walls. And we want you to know you you're probably in, have some weird things, too. And so you're in good company. You're in good company. Yes. What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about weird things that you do? Well, my kids give me a hard time. I'll just I'll just come right out of the gate because I have to do the right side first. I I have to put my right sock on or my right shoe or even my right pant leg or I will like have a heart attack. Like I I have to. It really causes that's probably there's probably a name for that. Oh, that OCD. <laughs> but I have to. And I actually when you know when your child stands in front of you and they face the same way you're facing and you you get them dressed, they know uh, mama's going to do the right leg first because mm. it has to be that way. What about you? I didn't know that about you. Um, yeah, it's pretty weird. You know, I am actually pretty normal, unlike you. So the only weird thing that I really do is I eat the core of an apple every time I eat an apple. But like like the cyanide and everything? The whole shebang. Listen, I am from the apple capital of the world where you're not like homegrown from here unless you're pooping apple seeds. Okay. That, that is our threshold for membership. <laughs> and it's just a thing. I, it's something I started doing when I was very young and I, I feel incomplete when I don't eat the core of the apple. Oh my God. There you have it. So funny. Pooping apple seeds. It's really true. Uh, coming to visit you driving through the mountains, it starts to feel a little ominous. Don't bring your fruit past this line. Mm. No outside apples past this line. And I live in apple country. This is orchards and vineyards and Obviously. cherries. We're, we're, we're cherries over here. I mean, lots of apples, but predominantly, I would say predominantly cherries. But those signs sort of feel like you're entering the haunted forest. Don't yeah. bring well, your food. <laughs> I mean... Your orchards obviously aren't up to the same standards that ours are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the trees, you prune the trees very differently. They look different. Yeah, well, I mean, our house is surrounded by cherry trees. We are very cherry dominant on this particular hill that we live on. Mm. But um, a lot of apples, a lot of pears. And even now, they're pruning trees a lot differently just based on machinery and labor and it all has to do with that kind of a stuff. But yeah, I mean, I'm always amazed going to see other places, how they do it differently. I saw some trees about a half hour South and they were, they must've been pruned dissimilar to how some of yours in your area are. Cause they looked very, very familiar. But even my, even the girls when we were coming through said, these trees look 
really interesting. And there was, Mm -hmm. they weren't leafed out at that point because it was April. Yes. So let's see something else weird. Okay. I'll, I'll come up with one. Um, okay. I think probably the weirdest thing that we do as a family that we continually get remarks about over and over is how we sit down as a family three meals a day. Mm -hmm. So this was obviously something that we weren't able to do quite in the same capacity when Stuart was working full time away from the home. But at that time, too, I had just babies, so they were just nursing. So it wasn't really something I had to be intentional about. But even when he was working away from home, we would get up. I mean, he was going to work at like 530 in the morning. We would get up and I would make breakfast. We'd have a cup of coffee together, sit down over the table and just you know, enjoy each other's company for a few minutes. And now a decade later and four children later, that's morphed into an elaborate mealtime. Would you like me to expand? Sure. (laughs) I would love that. I need permission before I dive into this. Permission granted. Weird. (laughs) Um, So breakfast time for us, I get up early I put my makeup on, I put my clothes on, my uh, apron. Did I say apron or makeup? I said both. Both of those go on at some point in the morning. A cup of coffee is consumed, which obviously I could use right now. And, you know, the family sort of slowly wakes up after that. So we sit down, you know, I've already gone through a couple of hours of chores and work and kind of getting ready for the day. I always make a breakfast School days, it's a little bit simpler, but we sit down, you know, with a tablecloth and real silverware and real dishes and cloth napkins because paper napkins gross me out. Have you ever seen anyone eat fried chicken with a paper napkin? It's so just, gross. It's just dis- shreds. Oh, it's disgusting. Or, or Mexican food where or the ketchup. taco meat grease, oh. the taco meat grease is like dripping no, down no. your sleeve. It and you're like, oh, shivers. you gave me a square of toilet paper to clean no. this up with. No, no, no. Thank no. you so much. No, we are a cloth napkin family. We can we talk are about too. that later. Yeah. So, yeah. Breakfast, we um, we have our morning time. And so this is a time where we pray together. We read Bible together. We do our catechism questions together. We sing psalms together. We do our fables together where the kids will listen and then retell it. And it's kind of become this elaborate time, especially for the homeschooler. When you're home with your kids all day, you kind of have to take opportunities to teach outside of, you know, your quote unquote classroom structure. And that's very much what breakfast has become for us. It takes about 45 minutes from start to finish. And it's a beautiful time that we get to share together. In addition to our morning time, our breakfast time around the table, we also do homeschool lunches, which are very basic, but it's a time where we do our history curriculum. And this is meant to sort of just sort of talk things over and enjoy each other's conversation and to explore ideas together. And then supper time, again, with the tablecloth and the real dishes and the whole shebang is our time to study French, which is abysmal, but we're trying. (laughs) Point being, this is really, really countercultural and very uncomfortable and foreign to people who aren't used to actually eating with their family. Turns out it's a really rare thing to do. You can see it uh, on the face of a guest when they come over and you you get the tablecloth out and you're putting the napkins at each place they're like oh we're gonna do this like yes this is a thing this yes. this is what you guys do we're gonna like sit down and tablecloth you know it's just yeah. it's it's a kind of 
amusing. Do you ever get the remark of like, oh, no, no, don't bother. Like, I don't need a, I don't need a cloth napkin. Just use your regular ones or you can just use paper. I plates. do. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The paper plate comment. I, can't I don't have it. them. I don't have them. I'm sorry. I do buy paper plates. So you're better than me. I do buy a giant stack of them at Costco once a month and they are for like mom's going to lose it days. Mm, I don't have those. I never did paper products. I was like a completely anti-paper product for so many years. And so I figured I've paid my dues a little bit. There you go. Yep. You've saved the earth enough. It'll be fine. I've saved saved the earth enough. (laughs) Right. We thrift shop our clothing. I can use paper plates once a week. (laughs) I use them sometimes. I just don't have them. But yeah, no, they they do say, please don't do that on my account. We could just use paper plates. Family especially will say, can we just use paper? Should we just use paper plates? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I'm, mm-hmm. this is what we do. And it's, I call, I call everyone to dinner. I say it in French. I call a table, you know, mm-hmm. and I like, and the kids do. And that was like Junior's first words mm-hmm. were yelling a table from the other room and I think it's really, really, really so beautiful and dare I say sacred to sit down three times a day. And I love giving the children that ritual to look forward to. And I think what it does too for mom who has invested time in the kitchen cooking, invested the time to grocery shop, invested the time to menu research and meal plan, um, it says to the kids, this is a special occasion. Three times a day. Yes. And I think it's a way to just celebrate that there's breath in your lungs three <laughs> times a day. Really, it really is. Life is hard. Life is freaking hard. And so if you can stop with your family and pray and eat and experience three times a day, that is a big deal. And I know most people are not in a position, you know, we're kind of have a unique situation, you and I, where we're mm-hmm. both uh full-time families, if Mm -hmm. you will. And, but even one meal, even Mm -hmm. two meals, like turn off the television, turn off the radio, check your tech, put your tech on the counter and, and make a stink over being together as a family. That's a, I'm weird. Weird to alert. alert. That actually ties into another really weird sort of thing that we do because, because we have prioritized spending time together as a family and listen there are 10 children between us you better believe that there is bickering and arguing (sighs) and sin and selfishness and exhaustion in every form you can imagine so if you're picturing us around our dinner table (sighs) you know counting the stars together and and singing campfire songs that is not the situation a lot of times No, but (laughs) sitting around with your brothers and sisters who maybe you don't really like, who maybe are kind of getting on your nerves or sitting around with your children to a meal where, you know what, you would probably rather be out on some romantic date with your spouse by yourself. Mm -hmm. Listen, okay, that's what we're talking about. And yet we're sitting around the table and we're saying just because people are under our skin just because maybe I'd rather be alone right now. I'm not, I'm not giving into that. I'm going to enjoy right. this fellowship. And we don't let our kids give into it either because you're still 
going to break bread with these people who you share a home with. And all that's to say, because we have prioritized that time, another really weird thing that both of our families do, and I don't really remember us actually talking about this too much, we don't really do extracurricular activities with our children. (laughs) No, we don't. I have said no to so many offers, so many different things, you know, you name it. Any kind of sports you can imagine, gymnastics, dance, swim, all kinds of different groups. And we have just as a family had to say, for us, that's not right. We live 20 mile, or twenty minutes out of town. And so most sports for children, you know, are after school, around dinner time. A lot of things are like at that 530 you know, six o'clock hour. And if you commit to doing that three nights a week, well, that's three nights a week. You're not sitting around your table with your family. Now, that's not to say that those things are wrong in and of themselves. You have the freedom as a family to choose that. But it's kind of interesting, Angela, how both you and I have sort of made that decision to just say, we're trimming that away. We're not going to feel pressured into participating in all the things our kids are going to be okay somehow. <laughs> it's true. And we never, it's not something that we uh, encouraged each other in. It's not something that one person got from the other. Like we each came into the friendship with that yeah, mindset, with that conviction. And I know it's, it's, it's really an area where as a woman as, and as a mom, I I never want to uh, come across as dogmatic, like this is what how every family should be. I just remember when Aiden was about four, seeing the neighborhood. There were other little boys in the neighborhood, and it you could see it uh, kick up. You could see this kind of fervor start to begin. That now it's it's t-ball, and then there's little league tryouts, and. And always, oh, this dad's going to be the coach. Well, because this dad's too busy, but this dad can coach. You could, you could just hear this hum in the neighborhood, and I just thought, oh, oh, no, 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 no. I know. I at that point, I wanted four children, and I thought, well, math, common sense <laughs> says that if I go down this road and all four children go down this road, we will never be a family. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. I actually uh, responded to a Facebook comment today. Where someone was seeking encouragement and she was basically saying, can I be weird? Mm-hmm. Can I, do I have permission to opt out of this? We're in it yes, up to our do. neck. And do I have permission to opt out? Will my child be okay? And you know, the reason we did it was in seeing that fervor, you know, I remember when my brother was in sports and um, you could, back in the day, you could join JV bas- basketball. You could not dribble a ball or swing a bat. Until you were in seventh grade. Right. And then you could, you could, or, or even ninth grade and you could join JV. Right. And they learned you, they taught you the sport. You learned to play. You got to suck and (laughs) and work it out until you made varsity, you know, and it was, that was just what you did. It was part of the learning education process. And now, I mean, I'm sorry, it's like a cult. (laughs) Like, so, and I, again, that's a strong word. So there goes my dogmatism. (laughs) Out the window. I know what you're saying because, you know, I've seen this even in my nephews where it's like you have to pick your sport by the time you're like six. You have to have your sport figured out because that's what you're going to do almost year round. 
Right. And I've seen families who do do sports. One of my dearest friends, she's super athletic. Her husband's super athletic. Their kids are mm-hmm. amazing athletes. And they have found a way to balance it in a way that works for their family without sacrificing that time. But it's taken a lot of work to form things and to shape them so that they can do that because they're not going to be together for dinner time, right? Or on XYZ, but they've said, okay, these are going to be our priorities. These are the lines we won't overstep. And so there is a good way to do it. There is a, there is a healthy way to do it. But I think part of it is because we farm and Mm -hmm. the nature of farming is you're here feeding and watering animals two times a day. And that's just kind of the way it is. But it's weird. It's a totally, it's weird. It's weird. It it is weird. And it's, and and the farming makes a big difference. It does. But you know, yes, yes. Sweet listeners, you have permission to be weird. Are you trying to cough? What are you doing? I'm itching my throat with the roof of my, I'm itching my (laughs) throat with my tongue. You look like you're swallowing. Leave that in. Don't cut that. (laughs) I have an itch. Oh my gosh. Someday we're going to make the video (laughs) form of these podcasts available and you're going to get to see this beautiful side of what we do i'll stop distracting you with Please my stop distracting me itching your mouth Gosh. with your tongue or whatever it is you are doing now i'm I've weird lost my train of thoughts um oh, well, i know what you it actually was. listeners okay. you have permission to be weird you are especially as a new parent you are going to feel pressure you're going to feel like you want to say yes for everything you want to give your child every opportunity and then at some point you're going to have to get real about what that means and if you're willing to do that and it might right. make you weird and that's okay Oh, can I tell a story on that note? Please. I, out of nowhere, I really don't still quite know where this came from, but I got our family a gym membership (laughs) yesterday. Okay? Yesterday. Are you hurting yet? Oh, I'm so (laughs) sore. It's pathetic. But I thought, you know, we have these weird, gloomy February, March afternoons. What if we had a gym that we could go to and just you know, let off some steam together as a family because it's so muddy and gross out. So Stu and I both decide, okay, we're going to commit to working out. We go to this gym today. I take first shift with the kids in the basketball courts. Stu goes to work out. <laughs> I'm dribbling oh, the boy. I'm dribbling the, the basketball. Okay. I can't. First of all, I know. I know. I can't see that. Listen, <laughs> I played Y ball way back in the day. And I got a trophy from the YMCA. Oh, okay. Okay. So I I play when I'm like nine or something and I get a trophy. It's not for best shot. (laughs) Definitely. It's for best hustle. It's for best pleather. Which basically means, (laughs) which, which basically means best hustle. It's like you suck, but you know, you really tried. You really ran to the other side of the court. Like you really gave it your best thing. But all that's to say, I can dribble a basketball. So I'm in there, I'm dribbling a basketball. And Owen, my seven-year-old, this is his first time to a gym. Never had <laughs> formal PE. <laughs> he comes up to me. He runs at me. He kicks me, kicks me square in the shin, grabs the basketball, and just runs down the court. No dribbling, no nothing. <laughs> just kicks me in the shin, grabs it and runs. And I thought, oh my gosh. This kid has no idea how sports work. Like, we don't... Oh, another weird thing. We don't have a television. Right. So he has never seen a basketball game be played. And you know what? Say I'm sheltering, if you will, but he knows how to butcher a duck. He knows how to stack hay. (laughs) In your face. He can bake bread. (laughs) 
<laughs> he can right? whittle wood, so he's going to be just fine. <laughs> he has other strengths. But oh my word, was it funny to think, you know, there are kids his age that have already been playing sports for years and years and years, like weekend tournaments away from home. Yeah. And this kid has <laughs> no idea how it works. Oh, it was awesome. I was actually kind of proud in a way. <laughs> disturbingly proud. Disturbingly that proud. is fantastic. I think that, you know, it's not just sports. It's it's ballet. It's uh, foreign language. It's play dates, play dates, play dates, play dates, play dates. Um, there is a lot of pressure for a new mom, for a young mom to leave the home. And if I was having coffee with a young mom and she was exhausted and feeling a little frazzled, and I've said this before, now I'm having flashbacks. People would say to me, I don't know how you do it. And I would say, well, I stay home. Yes. <laughs> with three and four kids, that was my answer. Well, I stay home. Well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I don't, I don't drag them to the mall. Uh, we're not doing any sports. I'm not, I don't really do play dates. I stay home. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it wasn't to be, um, you know, to isolate ourselves. It wasn't that I didn't have relationships. I just didn't feel that need to run all over town and have constant stimulus, uh, constant stimulus. I didn't, I didn't need it. I didn't want it. And I saw how that could really, really lead to quick exhaustion for a mom with four children under, uh, yeah. let's see, six, you know, what <laughs> you know always or something like that, six or seven about moms like that, because that's a common, that's a really common thing you hear. Like I'm exhausted, right? I don't have mm-hmm. enough energy to cook, mm-hmm. da, 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 da. constant simulation. Mm-hmm. Where do those moms go for a play date? Trick question, I'll oh, tell like you. Like to Crackhead USA, cap, like parks. the McDonald's Playland. They or go the to parks, parks and Playland. Parks stress me out. I'm the worst at parks. parks. parks I remember stress me out. My kid's going to fall. They're going to crack their neck. They're going to split oh, their head horrible. open. It's horrible. I was you? like always that mom, like following them around. It's terrible. Oh, it's not fun. Parks are not fun. Get a backyard. Get a fenced backyard <laughs> and a pool noodle and a ball or something. I mean... Get a chicken. Seriously, I went one time and I was like, this is for the birds. I am not doing this. This is horrible. It's like social anxiety meets physical threat ends. No way. Maybe that makes us weird. I don't know. I think I, 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 I know that I'm weird. I'm, I can own it. We lived across the street from a park. I dreaded the kids wanting to go over there. It meant I had to stand and make awkward conversation when I'm the worst. Here's me. Here's a weirdism. I cannot make small talk. Mm. I can't do it. It pains me as much as putting my left shoe on first. <laughs> <sighs> yes. I cannot do it. And so the park is like a double whammy where I have to stand and make small talk and act like I'm not paranoid that my child is going to die at any moment. Because, you know, those those things, the park, what is it called? The the playground equipment. It has those just giant openings. I know, just drop two, offs. Two stories, two stories up, where you can just so t- you can yeah. just jump off. Send and your two year old while you're I, nursing your newborn on the park bench. Exactly, you've got a boob out on the park bench. Exactly, it's true. So yeah, yeah I'm yeah. No, that's I'm there. I'm not you. interested in that at all. Buy a farm; they're much more fun. You know, and I think. That might segue into another weird commonality that you and I have, where 
I don't think either of us, I mean, trust me, there's some days, you know, there's eight o'clock hot bath, but I don't think that either of us are in a position where we want to escape our children. We don't feel this desperate need to escape, to escape the kids. And again, it's not out of like mom pride. I think it's actually, I think it's the end result of very intentional decisions about the way the day is structured or how we interact with our kids that bring us to a place where we don't want to escape our children. Do you, Absolutely. Do you see what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. And I had a really beautiful woman in church tell me one time, and she, she basically said, if you don't like being with your kids, then that's on you to raise the type of children that you want to be around. And I was just, ouch! I know, stung a Ooh. little bit. It still stings on some days when I realize, oh, like when was the last time I got on a knee and looked that child in the eye and loved them and told them and listened intentionally to what they were saying? Are we just trying to get through what's, you know, what the day is demanding of us? And one of the greatest gifts I think you could have is a true joy in your children. And, you know, a soapbox moment here. I am so saddened by how our culture treats children, especially Mm -hmm. A family with a lot of children as if it's a disease as if like pregnancy is some kind of a plague that you you know should have avoided by running for the hills now of course we shared with you in our last podcast how sometimes pregnancy takes a little bit to get used to because it's hard and it can be a big commitment for your body (laughs) but you know both of us very genuinely believe that children are a blessing and part of that blessing comes from when you've invested the time to build something that is beautiful. Now your kids are always going to disappoint you just like we will always disappoint each other in friendships, Mm -hmm. marriage, whatever it may be. But Mm -hmm. I think that is weird. And I think part of what makes it so possible for us to be with our kids all day and not lose our minds is because we sit down for meals and because we're not running all over with extracurricular activities Because we don't own televisions that are constantly distracting us and filling our minds with garbage, that those things automatically put you mentally into a much better place to attend to your children. Because children are demanding, (laughs) so demanding. I have to think. I have to think that those things are not weird. That those are actually really true things. That the constant stimulus, the constant chatter from the television. Maybe it's just me. Like I would, I, I do like if I'm around it, I do lose my mind halfway mm-hmm. through the day. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I'm sorry. I was going to say something and I totally forgot. No, it's okay. On that note, uh, because we haven't really developed this idea yet, I want to hear what you think about screen time, what you think about televisions, what you think about television programs. And I will say, let me let me do a little disclaimer here. Remember that anything that we share with you here, this is not to go out and say, you need to do it like Shay and Angela need to do it. But if this is a thorn in your side in your home, it is always so helpful to hear just the way that other people's homes function, where they've seen results. I mean, everything that Angela and I do is um, a mosaic of pieces that we've picked up along the way 
from podcasts or books or sermons or whatever it may be. And so, you know, we're saying this in the vein that it might be a piece of that mosaic for you. So if you don't do things the way that we do them, say la vie. But go ahead, Ange. Screen time is, uh, has become a tough one. And I think my, I think that our moms with big families will resonate with this. So my ages range from, the children's ages range from 14 and a half to three. And so when I just had four, for example, it was much easier to be, um, more strict, more dogmatic, more, um, this is what we do. Uh, for example, when I just had two, they could watch Toy Story and Disney movie and Lightning McQueen and things like that. They had to watch it in French (laughs) and they didn't, they didn't care. They loved it. They could recite every line. And now when I tell them that they, they're like, for real, you did that? Oh, that's torture. (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. You know, the more children you have, it is more difficult to, to be, um, to maintain the way things looked when, when you only had a couple. So for example, uh, Friday night movie night, you Mm -hmm. know, so now, now in our, that's what we do in our house. So listeners, that's what we do. Friday night movie night, each child gets a Friday. So Friday night, this Friday might be Ami Lee's Friday. She gets to pick the movie next Friday might be Juliet's. She gets to pick the movie um, but now obviously Amelie and Juliet are watching movies that the three-year-old isn't watching. It's just, there's yeah. been this, this ebb and flow and growth and change that I wasn't really prepared for. So screen time has been challenging because you've got Aiden who wants to watch Interstellar with his dad mm-hmm. <laughs> and you've got, you know, Junior who wants to watch Sean the Sheep and, um, it's like there has been a bit of one right or wrong way to do it. Right. There's been a bit of fragmentation, you know, so now you have Joel and and Aiden in one room watching a movie and you have these three little tiny ones in this room and then the two mediums in another. So there's just, um, I would say, give your family a ton of grace to, to change as your family changes because it will happen. And if you want to be super strict about it when they're little, do it because you can and it's Mm -hmm. much easier. Mm -hmm. It's much, much easier. Yes, it's much easier to start that in the beginning than it is to detox from it once it's already been established. Right. And even in doing that, Aiden knows now as a 14-year-old that, okay, this is appropriate for a three-year-old and this isn't and that's too much screen time. For, no, he now he understands because that's the way he was raised. So um, I think we're kind of just in this muddy phase where – it's really tough. And then I think as the top three get a little bit older, yeah. then the bottom three will be more distinct. I don't know. I'm hoping oh, it, yeah. I'm hoping we're just in a little bit of muddy water and I'm not really articulating that very well, but I've talked to other moms with large families and they all say how at this, at the beginning with certain principles, it was easy. And then as the kids get older, you kind of have to Mm-hmm. re-navigate, renegotiate, send two off with dad to do X, Y, Z, and mm-hmm. then the other ones can stay here. It kind of makes you wonder which, which is worse. Is it that, you know, because we don't have actual televisions, we're all, we're watching these on, you know, laptops mm-hmm. basically or a computer. Um, is it worse to have those and have three available that they can all watch different shows on? Or is it worse to have the family television in the living room 
um, like they had, you know, way back in the 50s, let's say, and everyone was just going to watch this show, whether they were two or whether they were 17. And maybe some of it was very inappropriate for young viewers. But, you know, that's what dad wanted to watch when he got home from work. And so in a way, it's a blessing to be able to segment and to be able to keep things age appropriate if that's something that you've decided you want to do in your family. Um, and it kind of just, you know, I'm sure they had their struggles back then as well when there was one device and you could watch one channel and, you know, you had four choices and probably a lot of those weren't very appropriate. <laughs> right. Totally. I always, at this point, I try to put myself in the kid's position. If I was not allowed to watch stuff all week long and I mean, I'm, I love me some Netflix and Amazon prime, you know, mm-hmm. I love entertainment like any other person. So it's a discipline for me too to to not do that every, you know, every night, pick up a book, sit by the fire. Right. Cuz that's our natural instinct is to just to even mentally take the easy way out. Totally. And you it's know? easier to watch Netflix than it is to read a book, especially when you're brain fried as a mom from teaching homeschooling all day. Totally. But I always I always I do like to put myself in the children's position. They have this anticipation for Friday night and if there are two in front of my computer here and they're watching Shaun the Sheep and they're hunkered down and they're sitting on a chair under the same blanket together and then there's three on a bed watching Anne with an E or something, you know, that's, it's that cute. is special. It's so special. It's cute. They, they have that cozy time. Dad makes them popcorn, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it gets weird though is that, you know, typically screen time I think for most family is, isn't designated to a particular time of the week or a day like that. So we kind of follow the mm-hmm. same pattern where, Monday through Thursday are school days. They are our balls to the wall day. I mean, we're just up and at it and getting things done and chewing through work and chewing through school and chewing through farm chores. And then Friday and Saturday are times where we can sink into a project and we're just not quite as heavy handed with what needs to happen. And so those are the days where, you know, something like Friday night movie night or, you know, one of Stu's greatest memories growing up was Sunday morning old Looney Tune cartoons. And Mm -hmm. so we love to do that. We don't do it every Saturday, but it is something we love to do where we'll start a fire and we'll put old school Looney Tunes on for them. And they'll just get a little bit of time while I'm making breakfast. But because it's something that they don't get all the time, it's something that's still special for them. And I think that is the distinguishing mark probably of a weird family because it's not just a buffet where you can have as much as you want whenever you want it. Yep, that's so true. And if that's weird, then sign me up and give me a T-shirt because (laughs) sounds good to me. Sounds really good to me. Here's another weird thing, which you probably know about us. We (laughs) cook and we like to cook. And I got to tell you, I know people love their Instapots. And I know I'm going to get flack for this. I know that they have a place. Okay. I've said my disclaimer now, but here's what I'm going to say. Cooking dinner for me is, it's like a treat. It really is the fun part of my day because if we've made it to dinner time, that means we've made it through milking (laughs) and cleaning bedrooms and folding laundry and doing homeschool and blessing the house and doing all these wonderful, full, beautiful things. And now we're at the point where the kids are out playing or maybe they're finishing up the last of their work, whatever it may be. And I get to cook. And I know that makes me weird when most people would probably just you know, rather throw in a frozen pizza or make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or what have you. But it's weird, I think, when 
you actually like the task of cooking for your family. Do you think that's weird? I suppose it is. I love to cook, but I I do own an Instant Pot. I know you do. I know you do. I know. I'm not saying they don't have their place. You know what? It's it's my garden. It's my garden um, chef. So in the mornings when I know there's a huge day in the garden, then I load it with split pea and chicken stock and onions and garlic. And we come in at noon and there's a meal ready. And it's so wonderful. What? Sure. Couldn't you just put that into a Dutch oven and put it into a low oven? I don't know. See, could I? I, I I'm the worst. I have, I'm cursed with legumes. Okay. That is a, probably one of the weirdest statements I've ever heard. I am weird. I am cursed with legumes. I, I, I'm terrible at them. They're hit or miss. I can get them to soften one day and then the next, you ask my kids before the instant pot, they're like, mom, what is your problem? Like the pinto beans, like they're rock hard. I'm like, I don't know. I you did the same soak. thing that I did last time. Soak your I beans. know. You got to soak them. And this is my problem a little bit with the Instant Pot, and I could be totally wrong about this because I don't know most of what I'm talking about, but beans, in order for your body to digest them, they need to be soaked. I don't know if pressure canning or pressure cooking them breaks them down in such a way that your body can digest them well. Do you know anything about this? Well, we eat a lot of beans. Probably two to three times a week, be it like a 16 bean soup or I always make a huge batch of pinto beans um, for a Friday. Like we do tacos on Friday night and then, you know, split pea a couple times a month because split pea soup is like a fast food meal for me. That's yeah. my equivalent of uh, the drive through or ordering pizza or something. Um, and so that might be weird. Question, Actually, that might be weird. That split pea soup is your drive through. Okay. Chalk that down, listeners. Give me me another one. Split pea soup (laughs) is her drive-thru food. It's just, it's fast food. I don't don't have to think about it. Mine is omelets. Omelets are my fast food. 30 seconds. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, But but it doesn't give us gas. TMI. Okay. No gas. Well, I could be wrong. Yeah, but now you have me really intrigued because... It's happened before. I'm just... Mm -hmm. Food for thought. Food for thought. No, I think Instant Pot is great because you know why? I think it's getting people cooking and I think that there is something to that. And if something can get you excited about cooking, then that is a beautiful thing. I just have this weird anger towards kitchen gadgets and I'm I like, remember that. You told us that like two years, you told mm, me that like two years into our friendship. Listen, my kitchen. Like, I'm not a real kitchen gadget no, person. My kitchen is like a very exclusive sorority and like <laughs> in order to make it in I mean, you have to prove very useful in many ways. So it's basically a couple of Dutch ovens, a lot of good mm-hmm. knives, mm-hmm. wooden spoons, a food processor. Okay, so you do have a Cuisinart. I do have I do have a Cuisinart, but again, I okay. use it, I mean, at least once a day. So it's very useful. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have a Vitamix, which I use a lot, a high-powered, and- high-powered blender. Okay. Okay. And um, mm-hmm. I got a vegetable peeler. That's kind of it. Okay. So I do mean, you have a, a mixer? Do you have a kitchen I, I do, or a mixer? but I don't use it because unless I'm making something fussy. But Yeah, I don't use it for bread or anything no, like I that. No, I don't use it for bread. But, um, I mean, I have a few fussy things like, you know, a Madeline tray that I bake them in mm-hmm. and, and a baguette tray, but those are kept elsewhere, but 
on the whole, the kitchen is kept very, very pared back just because that's the way I find it most joyful. So in order for something like an instant pot to come and join the party, um, you know, I'd have to be more convinced. Convince me, listeners, that you love your instant pot. And it's now now this could be offensive if I say it's not really cooking. (laughs) I mean, it's. It is. Don't you think? I mean, it is. Like, you can put it on saute, and that's how I do it. Like, I chop the onion, put the garlic in, put it on saute, zhuzh it around, some bacon, you know. Why don't or, you, you know, just use a Dutch whatever. oven? Why don't you just use a Dutch oven? I don't know. I don't know either. That's Dang what, it. Listen, I, I know that, like, I need to get out of jail free card with dinner, and I want to go out, and we're going to be gone all day, and I want to come home to supper. I totally get that. Wouldn't you have to come in and stir that eventually? Like I would end up scalding that. No, I like if let's say I'm going to make some. some, Okay, for example, I made a beef tonight, like a roast kind of a thing. Sauteed your Mm -hmm. onion and garlic, put your roast in. All I did was just dump stock. Like I was like one of those clean out the fridge. Like I got a half jar of this. Oh yeah, for sure. Of this and Mm -hmm. put the lid on. Put it in a 275 degree oven all day long, and we came home and it was a you know a beautiful delicious dinner. So I, I don't know. Yes. And I do that. I think I have a mental block about legumes, beans. <laughs> I need an instant pot. Extra weird. Leave me alone. <laughs> but I don't, but I don't really have, you know, I don't think a Madeline tray or a bread bowl, you know, like for is, or a couche, you know, bread couche or anything like that is gadgety. No, I mean, no, no that's, I don't think that that's too gadgety. It's not too I mean, fussy. Talking. I'm talking about like, do you remember back in the day where they had these? I remember when my mom got this and I just thought it was the coolest thing. Um, <laughs> like the cucumber slicer that like had the wavy chop. So when you chop your cucumber slices, they had like this really pretty wave. That I would consider yes. an unnecessary kitchen gadget. Another one would be the hard boiled egg slicer. Yep, the little plastic tray <laughs> where press. you put your hard-boiled egg and then you pull the lever down and all the little wires cut through the egg. Unnecessary. Yeah, but you know, like there was, that was a thing. That was like a pampered chef. It was a pampered chef like culture had, from the like mid-90s. For sure, like yeah. the pizza stone and the this and the that and oh my gosh. Oh yeah, you'd go to those parties and you'd feel yep. like you were you could never make anything without their help. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's so true. It's so true. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that was that was what I grew up in. So I think I grew up wanting to just strip my kitchen of all those things. I don't even own measuring spoons. I guesstimate in my palm. Go, girl. I know. Um, That's probably why my macaroons didn't turn out when I made them. <gasps> Should we tell that story? Do you own measuring cups? Yeah. No, because you're weighing. Did I, you weigh? I weighed. Of course I weighed. <sighs> Uh-huh. My invaluable sure. kitchen tool that I would take with me to my grave is my digital scale. Let oh that my be gosh. known. I, I have like stickers on mine that tell me which bowl. Like, so I don't even have to mess with. Yeah, I have like the math. Can't you just zero just, it out? You What's can. What's wrong with But you? I didn't know that. I didn't know that at first. <laughs> okay. Weird. Weirdism number wow. 724. Okay. My nine-year-old daughter had to say... Mom, just hit that button and it makes it go zero. Literally. And I'm like, I thought it was supposed to do that, but I couldn't figure out how to get it to go. So I just put all these fancy codes in in a label maker because I love my label maker. That's a gadget you have to have. Uh, Um, There is a gadget that neither of us have. And I want to know if you ever had one. And that is a microwave. 
Ooh, good question. Yes. When we got married, somebody gave us a gorgeous truck-sized microwave. They're always the size of a Buick. It was massive. And you have I, to like hang it from the ceiling. I, I mean, it's just. I put a potted plant on mine. I was like, I guess this makes it look prettier. You know, here I am, this new homemaker. How do you dress up a microwave? Um, but we actually got rid of that about six months into our marriage because I just didn't see the point. We weren't using it. And I just thought, couldn't I just heat something up on the stove? Also, in a Dutch oven. <laughs> in a Dutch oven. Hello. <laughs> Funny story. I also don't own a toaster. Never have. I don't either. I don't either. I, that, I didn't know that. I didn't. Yes. No toaster. So I don't either. Funny thing was, was that when I was pregnant with Georgia, I was mm-hmm. nauseous all the time, constantly trying to stop myself from barfing. And what do you want? You want comfort food. So I wanted Mm -hmm. toast, toast with butter and honey. And that's all I wanted to eat for basically Mm -hmm. my whole pregnancy. So we're laying in bed one night and I say to Stuart, like, oh, I just don't feel really well. Could, could you go make me some toast? This was like at one in the morning. He had already been asleep and he goes, is there anything else in the whole world I could make you besides that? Because what it meant for him was that he had to go downstairs Turn on the broiler in the oven, slice the bread, put the bread in there, wait for it to broil and heat up. It was a super old oven. It took forever. Turn the toast over. He was just like, why don't we own a toaster? (laughs) But since that, but since then, I've gotten smarter because we toast our bread in a giant cast iron skillet with a bunch of butter and fried toast. That's exactly what we do. Fried toast. Way better. Then dry mm-hmm. toast. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, because dry toast, you're like scraping the butter on it. And if somebody, you know, we leave our butter out. I've yes. gotten an argument oh, once yeah, yeah, with yeah. someone. They're like, oh, you have to put your butter away. I'm Listen, like, you're kidding me. Don't even talk you to don't me have about to that. Put your, <laughs> you don't put your butter away. You leave your butter in the spice cabinet or on the counter. Give me a break. Who's not going through their butter fast enough that it spoils by the time that they eat it? I'm mean, oh, we eating eat like a, a pound like a, a day. stick. Yeah, a stick per meal. Yeah, about yeah. a stick per yep. meal. Yep. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I remember I told Joel, I'm like, the microwave's got to go. It's ridiculous. Like, we're, we're neither of us drank coffee at the time. Like, we're not. Wait, 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 it. wait. You weren't drinking coffee at some point in your life? Can you believe that? We never even had a coffee pot. Like, we would, we got what? one. At our shower, and when my aunts and stuff would come to visit, we would get it out of the garage and clean it off. Are you kidding and me? Attempt? No, I didn't drink coffee. Wow. No. So oh, we were joking last time, last last episode. You know, you were self deprecating in your lack of refinement. But like, I used to drink wine coolers <laughs> as a young bride, mm. and Joel would be like, "I think you could just drink a beer." <laughs> I drank wine Listen. coolers, and we we didn't drink coffee. I don't even I don't even know how that happened. Uh, France happened. We went to France and I drank coffee. You know, speaking of weird, when I went to France the first time, I was wheat free, dairy free, chocolate free. Chocolate free? Didn't drink coffee. That is literally the four food groups in France. All that went to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. Well, I you but here's the thing. I was I was weird and in my 20s I was really hung up with my weight and I was thinner then than I am now. And I was just, 
obsessed with gaining a pound. And I thought that I would get fat if I ate food. I was afraid of food. I was totally, it's totally like antithetical to, to me today. I was afraid. And I went to Paris and I just ate beautiful, decadent, rich, exquisite food all week. And I came home and that ridiculous chapter of my life was over. I am and I glad. taught myself to cook. <laughs> I am glad for that. I feel like that in and of itself is an entirely other podcast because it is. We should revisit There is that. much to be said about dieting and food fears and whole foods and eating and I'm chalking that down. We're going to get to that oh, one. In do the it future. because nothing a pet peeve. If we ever do a pet peeve podcast, Ooh, that food could be fear. dangerous. That could be dangerous. Food fear. Pet peeves is a peeve. We might not have any listeners if we do a pet peeve yeah, podcast. Virtually right? <laughs> alienated everyone by disparaging instant pots and sports. <laughs> For those of you who are still with us, we would love right. it. We would, would love you it if you gave us a, a glowing Five star rating. Please. <laughs> Just trying to turn this into something and we can't do it without you. No, we can't do it by saying the things that we're saying. <laughs> oh, Ange and Shay, you should do a podcast together. Oh, let it, let it fly. We want to really hear what you have to say. Do you? Do you really? Do you really? <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, if you have enjoyed your time together here with us today, I would love it if you left us a review, told us what you loved about it, because Apple loves it when you do that, and it helps other people to find the podcast, and our hope is that this podcast would bless many people in its years ahead. We would also love it if you hopped on over to our brand spanking new website, homemakerchicpodcast.com. I'm not exactly sure what we're going to be sharing there besides past episodes, but I know it's going to be awesome. Also head on over to our Instagram, Homemaker Chic Podcast, where we share musings from our daily life past episodes. Please tag your photos too. anything fabulous that you have going on in your home. We want to see it. So tag us. Homemaker Chic podcast or hashtag your photos with Homemaker Chic. And you can be fabulously Homemaker Chic by checking out our Patreon page and you will find the link for that on our website. And on our website, Shay, there's going to be some really great photos of us. I oh, mean, yes. That's what that's what it is going to be. That's what they'll find there. But be sure to check out our Patreon page because that's where you can get involved with what we're doing here on the podcast. And we have some special treats in store for you. You can visit Shay's website at theelliothomestead.com. And of course, you can visit parisianfarmgirl.com if you can spell it. And so, what are we taking away, Shay? It's okay to be weird. And if you think you're weird, you're in good company. And so we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>